and welcome to another episode of the Sensational Kids Show. I hope you've had a good week and that you are not too stressed if you are the parent of an older child about results coming out this week and next week or in the next few weeks. Um, today I wanted to just go back and talk about sensory processing and sensory integration and just explain a little bit more about the four areas where you can have sensory integration problems. So if you can remember back in episode three, I discussed sensory processing. Um, but I want to just go into that in a little bit more detail today. So when we talk about sensory integration, we have what has been identified as four areas where you can have difficulties. So you've got your sensory modulation, then you've got sensory discrimination and perception, you've got vestibular bilateral functions, and then your praxis. Okay. Um, and what do we mean by each of these? So when we think about our sensory modulation, that is, as I've said before, when your brain either over-responds or under-responds to the sensory input that's coming in. So generally, all of us can have these reactions from time to time, but for some of us, the degree to which our brain's going to respond or not respond is going to have a significant impact and a significant effect on our daily lives and function. Okay. And when you as a child or you as an adult, when you are experiencing these difficulties, what you then find is that it's going to impact the lives of your family close around you, your friends, your teachers. Um, when you have difficulties with sensory modulation, what you find is that you become quite distressed. Um, you may miss out things, which is um, which is happening near you or around you or to you, and you might find that the the child or the young person is going to become quite anxious. That they might be angry, frustrated, fearful. Um, what we've seen is that when you have an individual who has these modulation difficulties, they'll sometimes develop coping strategies to assist them with these difficult situations. So you might find that they will cut out the labels out of all their clothes. They might wear their underwear inside out. They might wear their socks inside out. Um, they might wear very big clothes if they don't like the feel of it close to their skin, or they might wear very tight clothes. Um, you might find that kids really do not want to get into the bath. They do not want to have a bath or a shower. Um, and, you know, they're going to try and do things to get away from these environments or these social situations. And it's really important to figure out whether these behaviors are because of poor modulation or if there's another reason for it. Um, some individuals can be over-responsive or under-responsive in all of the different senses or just in one, um, or they can be over and under-responsive within the same sense. So responsiveness or how you're going to react is really dependent on the situation. 
And sometimes, you know, a, if you are stressed, you can become more aware of certain sensations. Sometimes you can become less aware of it because your stress is overriding everything. Um, and the important thing here is to remember that everyone's responses are unique to them. Okay, so not to minimize um, a child or a young person's responses. Okay, so that's when you have your sensory modulation and um, if you have difficulties in that, you can have a, a pattern of sensory reactivity is what we're looking for, how they're going to self-regulate. We then have what we call our sensory discrimination and perception problems. Okay, so your sensory discrimination and perception is going to be all about how your brain is processing and making sense of the information that it, the sensory information it's receiving and how it's going to interpret those tiny little differences. Okay, so when an individual is struggling to make sense of the little differences that it's receiving, so say, for example, your proprioception, your vestibular input or your touch, it could cause them to seem clumsy. They may use too much or too little force when they do things. Um, they're going to struggle with, say, for example, lining up the zip, closing their um lining up the zip, pulling it up, closing their coat, or doing a buttons when they can't feel the two points close to each other. Um, and what you might find is if there are problems with visual perception, for example, someone might struggle to find objects cluttered. Um, if you have um, objects in a book, so think of a Where's Wally? Or if you think of when you open up your cutlery drawer and you have to find a specific spoon or fork um, and that becomes a word on a page so how difficult that's going to be okay and that's what we we are looking at or talking about when we're talking about our sensory discrimination um, and perceptual problems when we our next um, area of difficulty that you might find is vestibular bilateral functional difficulties okay so if you think about so if you if if we break that down it's when you're going to have difficulties with your vestibular processing which is your movement processing okay and we've spoken before about your movement and how it picks up information about the direction of the movement and it's all about the receptors and the canals in the inner ear and the brain information, how your brain's going to interpret that and think about where we're moving, how we're moving. Um, is our body moving? Is our head moving? What's the relation of our head with regards to our bodies? And that's going to help us plan our movements, maintain our balance. So when we have difficulties with our vestibular sense, you can have quite significant difficulties with balance and difficulties coordinating the two sides of your body so your bilateral motor coordination and what you're going to find is that sometimes these are quite often related to difficulties or functions such as your muscle tone your postural control 
your ocular control, so thinking about the eyes, um, and then your midline integration and bilateral coordination. Okay, so that would be one, another area. Then we can talk about our praxis problems, okay, praxis difficulties. So praxis is looking at how our brain plans and thinks about, okay, this is the movement or the activity that I want to do. How's my brain going to plan for it? And will it be able to execute the plan that I've made? Um, it's particularly important for activities that are new to us or um, activities we don't do very often um, or complex activities, so learning to ride a bike. Um, fun fact, I have only correctly ridden a bike without stabilizers once in my entire life, and that was probably in 2019 when I decided I needed to learn how to ride a bike because my kids explained that in a zombie apocalypse, cardio is very important and you need to have a way of getting away from the zombies. And um, I thought, hey, let me learn how to ride a bike. I didn't do it just for the zombie apocalypse, but you never know, right? Um, and so I then went and learned how to ride a bike. I'm still petrified and I can't imagine doing it when there are other people around, when there are cars around. But it was the same, the difficulty I had when learning to drive a car. Um, I won't reveal how many times I took my test, but you know, it was, it was more than three times. <laughs> um, so you can see that, that your, your praxis is really, really important for that success and mastery of that new skill. So you're going to have to do something over and over and over. Okay. Um, and when we think about praxis or motor problems we not all your praxis is a, is a result of poor sensory integration okay um, in terms of sensory integration there are two types that have been um, really studied and that we can assess for and these are your firstly your somato dyspraxia and then secondly your visio dyspraxia Okay, so your somatodyspraxia is where you're going to have problems with praxis as well as problems with processing any tactile input and proprioception. Okay, so what you're going to see is you're going to have difficulties with imitation, difficulties with planning and sequencing of actions. Um, so if I show a child a sequence of hand movements, how well can they copy that? If I show them a sequence of, um, of body movements, how well can they copy that? Okay. Um, and then you have your visual dyspraxia. That is where you are going to have difficulties with praxis and also your visual processing. Okay, so you're going to have poor visual perception, poor visual motor skills, and then difficulties with visual planning. So if you have to copy a pattern, a grid pattern, for example, um, and you can have both types of the dyspraxia, while other people can just have one or the other. Um, and yes, you can find that you might present as clumsy or awkward in your movements. Okay, 
So those are just, those are the four areas. So when we um, do an assessment as an OT, you would go through a series of activities and you then might come to the conclusion that a child is displaying sensory integration processing difficulties. It used to be called, well, some people still refer to it as a sensory processing disorder, but we're trying to move away from that term. Um, and, you know, instead of saying difficulties, you might say differences. And what we then say is that you have these four areas and your child is struggling with, for example, this area or that area. It might be reactivity or it might be your vestibular bilateral integration difficulties. Okay, and that's then going to guide the goals that you're going to set and how you are going to plan the treatment and the intervention for that. Um, let me know your thoughts on today's episode and I hope you have a wonderful day. See you, or speak to you rather, next week. Bye.